Do you know what our blood, a remote mountain lake in Tibet, a brand new baby, and a wild salmon have in common? Yeah, well, it's nothing good. I hate to say it. Gird your loins, people, and keep listening to learn more. The Green Divas is the original green podcast since 2006, sharing low-stress ways to mitigate and adapt to our current climate reality. We love that there are thousands of Green Divas and dudes out there, but we're the original Green Divas. Meg, Lynn, Lisa. So glad you joined us. Stay tuned to hear what we're talking about this week. Well, hey there, and welcome to our nightmare, I mean, podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this week's topic was really a hard one to learn about, but it's an important one. So this will be our first in a series that we're doing on plastic. And it's probably one of the scariest shows I've ever done, Lynn. Seriously, I know. Oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Before we launch into the scary bits, let's just say I'm Green Diva Meg. And I'm Green Diva Lynn. And there, now you know who we are. <laughs> I think I need therapy again after doing this. Um, wow. I would have to agree with that one. Uh, today we're talking about microplastics and nanoplastics. We had a chance to interview Matt Simon, author of A Poison Like No Other, how microplastics corrupted our planet and our bodies. A terrifying but important book. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely need to stop the hemorrhaging of the microplastics that are just flowing into our ecosystem and infiltrating everything. Thank you for that visual. It's very appetizing. <laughs> Sorry. I just ate my lunch too. Oh no, and it was split pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds scary. According to Matt, there isn't one single human or living thing alive today that doesn't have microplastics in their bodies. I'm trying to say that with a smile so I don't sound totally depressed for this particular episode. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. To give us a little bit of a break, we're going to talk about one good thing before we launch into the rest. So here you go. The world is filled with bad news. The Green Divas want to take a moment and share one good GD thing. So, hey, Lynn, did you hey. know, <laughs> did you know that they are upcycling subway stations in Taiwan? I do not know that right now, but I'm thinking that I will know that before this is all over. Yeah, you will. So <laughs> Taiwan is transforming unused metro stations into underground vertical farms. Ooh. The yeah, I know, right? The vacant spaces are home to sustainable, clean and organic food due to advanced, of course, efficient vertical farming methods being harnessed to help feed commuters with fresh produce. Now, I, hmm. I, I read that and I was like, does that mean like you go down to the subway, you know, you grab a head of lettuce off the wall and keep moving? I don't know. But <laughs> no, I think they're using 
<laughs> unused station. I know, but then they said feeding commuters. Anyway. Ah, I see what you mean. It's yeah. it's located in the capital city, uh, Taipei's Nanjing Fushing Station. The 40 square meter Metro Fresh Hydroponic Farm grows lettuce under LED lighting in a sterile environment to help eliminate the use of pesticides and herbicides. Well, there you go. That's pretty darn cool. And that's from Clean Technica, which used to be one of our sibling blogs back when we were part of the Green Options blog family way back in the day. Before my time. Thank you. Thank you, Clean Technica. It's falling from the sky and in the air we breathe. It's in our food, our clothes, and our homes. It's microplastic and it's everywhere, including our own bodies. Yikes. Scientists, yeah. Scientists are just beginning to discover how these tiny particles threaten health, but the studies are alarming. Okay, let's first define microplastic. Sure thing. Well, microplastic is less than five millimeters in length, if you can picture what that might be. And then there's nanoplastic. My name is Matt Simon. I'm a science journalist at Wired Magazine, where I cover generally uh, environmental catastrophe, including climate change and microplastics. Um, And my new book is called A Poison Like No Other, um, How Microplastics Corrupted Our Planet and Our Bodies. Yeah, right. So, okay. so microplastics are smaller than five millimeters. Nanoplastics are typically, there's some definitional debate here about what a nanoplastic should be, but typically it's smaller than a, a micron, which is a millionth of a meter. Super, super tiny. So if microplastics are small enough for something like a little crustacean uh, plankton to consume and, and keep in its body, nanoplastics are small enough to get into individual cells. I mean, this, and this is a, a whole range. So it's from five millimeters all the way down to the, the nanoscale. Here's some perspective. A billion nanoparticles can fit on the head of a pin. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so we've heard about some of this for decades or so, but... Yeah, none of it's been this extensive. Yikes. I asked Matt about why we hadn't heard much about this until now. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point that uh, really in the past 10 years, uh, the, the focus has shifted from predominantly thinking about plastic pollution as macroplastics, which are the bottles and the bags that we're all familiar with floating on the ocean, um, to much more research on the, the, the catastrophe, really, that is microplastics, in that these tiny bits of plastics are defined smaller than five millimeters, which is about the width of a pencil eraser, um, it's really only been in the past decade that scientists have figured out just how thoroughly they have corrupted the environment. Nowhere is untouched. Uh, That is terrifying and it's sad and it's quite frankly embarrassing as a species what we have done here. But but really just in the the past few years that, that in the atmosphere in particular, scientists have been able to sample more of these particles and shifting the focus from not just macroplastic pollution, which in and of itself is a is a terrible problem, given that as they're floating around on the ocean, those macroplastics break into microplastics all the same. Uh, now we have to consider, my God, uh, if these little tiny particles have infiltrated every corner of the environment, what are the consequences? They are wide-ranging, 
they are massive and they are again quite embarrassing what we have done as a species i mean that's uh, the thing is that the, uh, the science really hasn't gotten off until quite recently again 2004 is when they coined the term microplastic and even then for a number of years the research focused on on the oceans it was it was actually defined by no government oceanographic agency and they they said, okay, well, we know that there are all these macroplastics. The big stuff that sea turtles are choking on, they specifically define microplastic as the stuff that other small creatures might be ingesting. So obviously plankton, little tiny animals out on the ocean that form the basis of this food web, they are perfectly sized to be eating significant quantities of microplastics. But, that, but that's where the, the research stayed in the ocean for quite some time because Nobody had any idea that this stuff had thoroughly contaminated the atmosphere and the land as well. But now much more of that research has come out. I think there's a solid base of evidence there for where microplastic is. Now more of the research is turning to the consequences, both for organisms out in the environment and ecosystems as a whole, but also for human health. So unfortunately, it's everywhere. Oh my gosh, literally, there's just no getting away from this stuff. I mean, when I say that they're they're everywhere. I, I'm not exaggerating. They are finding these particles uh, in the Mariana Trench uh, in extremely high concentrations, actually, down there. Uh, they're finding it on the tops of remote mountains. It's falling out of the sky. It is blowing from Europe into Arctic sea ice, which is supposed to be this pristine region. Um, you will ask any microplastic scientist, is there anywhere on the planet that is untouched? And they will tell you no. Uh, absolutely not, because these things are so small, they so readily take to the air that uh, nowhere is untouched. Uh, that is terrifying, and it's sad, and it's quite frankly embarrassing as a species. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually it's interesting, and in, for the, the case of microplastics, they have been sampling like lakes in remote Tibet and finding lots and lots of microplastics in the sediments of those waters. So how did those microplastics get there if there are not really any human populations around? They're literally falling out of the sky. Well, I do try to avoid, you know, plastic bottles or food mm -hmm. containers. I use more glass. Right. Yeah. I try not to eat. Well, we eat a lot of fish and I, I actually just worry about the fact I'm eating a lot of fish. <laughs> well, so there we are thinking we're minimizing plastic in in our world and well, uh, Matt just shattered my delusions of safety in my own home. Indoor air, uh, where we are spending perhaps 90% of our lives as humans, it is perhaps one of the most contaminated places uh, that you could possibly be as a person because we are absolutely surrounded by plastic in these, I think, very sneaky ways that a lot of people didn't realize until very recently. So some Two-thirds of clothing now is made out of plastic, that these synthetic fibers like polyester and nylon. Two-thirds of clothing, uh, the stuff that you're wrapping around your body is made of plastic with many known toxins in it. And as we move around, there's one calculation that found that we shed perhaps a billion of these fibers a year, and that is highly contaminating our indoor air. There's another study that found that perhaps we're, we're inhaling 7,000 fibers a day in indoor air. Um, that is especially concerning for toddlers who are crawling around on the floor where a lot of these plastics are accumulating. That's the urgency here, is that we know almost nothing about the human health impacts of microplastics, but we need urgently to figure out that, that 
bit of this puzzle because we need to put mitigation in place uh, to, to kind of head that off. But we know enough, I think, right now to be extremely concerned because of these known toxins in microplastics. Everywhere, everywhere is tainted. Uh, nowhere is safe. And now we just have to figure out the consequences. I'll, I'll just say that uh, <laughs> I'm just a, a big bucket of cold water these days. I will say that even hardwood floors now, so hardwood, unless you're very rich and can afford flooring your entire house with pure wood, good luck spending you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars doing that. Most of us have this, this like vinyl or this laminate that's plastic. And there's a study that found that that is actually giving off a lot of microplastics as well as we walk around. So even if you have hardwood floors, you're not getting the microfibers from carpeting, but you're getting plastic all the same. Yeah. A few years ago, Lynn, we did a show with Star Farton. Yeah, uh, I remember that. What, yeah. She was talking about cleaning up fashion industry, but she had started to talk about this subject that wearing polyester probably wasn't the healthiest thing. And people were pretty much poo-pooing it as, oh, that's just so extreme. You know, but she was also talking at that time about the manufacturing of all this polyester has had an impact on the people working in the textile factories. Yeah, they were they were apparently getting very sick. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty frightening. And now here we are. And uh, let's just talk about bottled water here for a minute. According to one study, bottled water is actually one of the highest sources of plastic particle intake. It contains about 100 microplastics per liter on average. So it's kind of a double whammy since plastic's apparently already in our water. And now here's some more plastic in the plastic water bottle. Yet, yet another really good and compelling reason to quit it with the damn plastic bottle water, right? Yeah. I, <sighs> I guess we should be using more harsh, you know, swear words here. Maybe. I don't know. We could. So <laughs> let's take a break for just a minute from all this stuff. Uh, you know, we can only take this in small doses, right? I agree. Let's take a break. Hey, folks. Just want to let you know, Michelle and I have been listening to Green Diva Meg and Green Diva Lynn since 2006. Our children have been listening to them since they could remember. What they do is they make the whole truth about climate change accessible. They give not just me hope, but our entire family, and for all those who listen, hope. They make a difference. They inspire us. They don't just talk about the problems, but they offer solutions and ways that can take action. They're engaging. They're fun to listen to. You can listen to them on most podcast apps or just go to thegreendivas.com. No ex-presidents were harmed in the making of this promo. The voice you heard was the talented Keith Killips. Okay, so we're back to our joyful topic. Let's talk now about the impact to human health. This has infiltrated every Earth system. So I, I think it, maybe we could just start by uh, me elaborating on why I'm calling it like a poison, a poison like no other. It is different from something like mercury 
or lead toxicity in that a microplastic is this physical thing. Um, I had an interviewer uh, last week refer to it as this alien substance, which I think is this, a really great way to put it. It's such a bizarre material to have in the environment because we know um, that this stuff is made out of at least 10,000 different chemicals, a quarter of which scientists consider to be of concern. So that means that it is not a singular element like mercury or lead. It is this complex amalgamation of all these different known toxins. And because it's this physical alien material that can really worm its way into lots of different spaces in the environment, we have to consider not only the toxicity to virtually every organism on this planet, because this stuff is everywhere, um, but also these strange effects that you wouldn't consider for a normal toxin in the environment. So, but we know enough, I think, right now to be extremely concerned because of these known toxins in microplastics. So uh, we know that this stuff is terrible to have in our lungs. We know that it gets stuck there. It actually works a lot like asbestos and in in that the fibers can kind of get in there and get lodged. We don't know how much is too much. How much microplastic can we safely have in our lungs? Um, though also considering that there is no such thing as good particulate matter to have in the lungs. That's why we have these clearance mechanisms. That's what mucus is for. Um, but these fibers seem to be perfectly shaped to get lodged in there. Um, and there's some speculation that this is perhaps behind the rise in, in various respiratory disorders like asthma and COPD. Are, are microplastics playing a role there? I think it'll take a couple of years to figure that out, but it's a, a, a very interesting question. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you all uplifted at this point because uh, we're going to lift you up a little more here. <laughs> in his book, Matt says that a prime concern among the thousands of ingredients in plastic are the endocrine disrupting chemicals, otherwise known as EDCs. These make hormones go haywire, even in low concentrations. Yeah. You've heard about BPA, I'm sure. That's a that's something that's used extensively in plastic bottles, but it's been linked to things like depression, sexual dysfunction, and even several types of cancer. Yeah. And let's be clear that BPA is only one of the thousands of chemicals involved in plastic that has been researched. So if you think the BPA replacements are any better. Yeah, well... You'll see BPA-free out there a lot, and typically the replacements for BPA are things like BPS, which actually is just BPA's ugly stepsister. <laughs> Nothing against stepsisters, of course, or <laughs> ugly stepsisters, I guess. Right, even pretty ones, maybe. Yeah, Matt also mentions in his book that if BPA were totally phased out tomorrow, we'd still be breathing legacy BPA. Like, think about oh. that. Because oh long-lasting microplastics have thoroughly corrupted the land, sea, and air. Okay. Well, that gives new meaning to America the beautiful. Yeah. America the plastic? America. Well, it's all over the world, too, so I guess yeah. we don't need to. I don't want to go too much further down this hellish plastic rabbit hole, but uh, one study found that infant feces is loaded with 10 times the amount of polyester 
as adult feces. And guess what? I didn't even know my feces had polyester in it. Come on. Feces. Can we say that word again? Maybe poop. How about we just call it poop? (laughs) (laughs) Feces is just such a weird (laughs) feces. Feces. I don't know. I I also don't really talk about my poop. Right. Well, you know, who doesn't? Who who really kind of knew that there was so much polyester in our poop? Poopy polyester. Poopy polyester. Polyester poops. Oh, my gosh. And just in case you didn't realize it, polyester. Hi, I'm Polly. Hi, mister. (laughs) Is a petroleum-based plastic fiber. So we had to ask ourselves and ask Matt, what does this have to do with climate change? Or does it have anything to do with climate change? Right. Well, according to Matt, the two are intimately in. We know there's a lot of the stuff in the atmosphere. What does that mean as far as climate change is concerned? Are these particles actually absorbing energy uh, from the sun in the atmosphere? There is research that says that that is probably the case. Uh, It's very difficult to quantify that. But are they also in clouds acting as nuclei? So clouds form when water vapor coalesces around little bits of dust and, and other particulates in the atmosphere. If we have a lot of microplastic in the atmosphere, is that changing how clouds form? And then back on Earth, there is some research that shows that beaches that are highly contaminated with microplastics are actually significantly warmer by a couple of degrees. That is a big problem for sea turtles who have this interesting sex determination where uh, the warmer the temperatures of the sand, the more the clutch turns out to be female. You obviously do not want an entire clutch turning out female. And you're actually seeing this as an issue with climate change in general for sea turtles. Uh, And actually, microplastics seem to be a significant contributor to that. The plastics crisis and the climate crisis are intimately linked. And if you solve one, you, you go a long way in solving the other. We are in a situation now where the plastics industry is continuing the exponential increase in the production of of plastic. Uh, And they're doing that because they see the writing on the wall, which is that we're going to decarbonize our economy. We're going to stop using fossil fuels so much as fuels and use them more for plastics. And we cannot let them do that because, again, sociopaths, criminals, they're doing this in the pursuit of profit at the expense of literally the entire planet that is now corrupted with microplastics. There's unfortunately so much more, like By the middle of this century, marine plastic will finally outweigh all the fish in the sea. I don't know why I said finally. Like, it's not something we've been looking forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, it's going to happen. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. It's horrible. It's a horrible statistics. And now we're just getting punchy because this stuff is so overwhelming, really. Lynn, I can't take it anymore. I can't. Sorry. I can't seem to stop spitting out Matt's Matt's stats. Matt's stats. Matt's stats. stats. (laughs) Let me just leave you with this last stunner, if you don't mind. No, please go ahead. You know what? I can take take a beating to it, but here we go. (laughs) By the middle of this century, humanity, damn us, humanity. (laughs) Humans. Humans suck. Damn us, humans. We'll have spent 100 years producing a total of 75 trillion pounds of plastics and additives. This is equal to, are you ready for this? No. (laughs) 100,000 Empire State Buildings. And it never goes away. 
sorry, uh, sorry, future people. Yeah. Sorry, kids. We effed up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, listen, y'all do need to get this book, but read it in small doses and make sure to have something cheery on the other side of your reading session. Like uh, like an ice cream cone with plastic sprinkles on it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's skip ahead to the what we can do part. I think that would be a great idea. It's a great idea, Lynn. Most important in the home is going to be religiously vacuuming, um, but also being very careful about how you dispose of that that stuff, the dust that you, you pull up off the floor. If you're just kind of willy-nilly throwing it into the trash can, it could very well take to the air anyway uh, and get into your lungs that way. Um, but just generally, the, the best thing that we can do is to be much more conscious of the plastic that we're buying. So making, I mean, obviously, nobody should be buying a cucumber that's wrapped in single-use plastic. That's insane. Probably the most impactful thing that, that people can do is to to either donate time or money to anti-plastics groups who are working on the most impactful level, which is the political level. They are, are going to help pressure politicians and even elect politicians that understand this this planetary emergency, that understand this this urgency. So yes, uh, you can reduce your exposure by, by vacuuming and by just buying less plastic. Um, but we need massive systemic change because if, if left to its own devices, the industry is just going to keep up with the production and flooding this planet with this, this truly toxic material. Do not, under any circumstances, heat up liquids in plastic. That is a, a major way that plastic breaks down um, and a major, actually, uh, avenue for microplastics into infants. So when you prepare infant formula in a plastic bottle with that warm liquid, it breaks apart that plastic. And one study found that a, a baby could be drinking a million particles of plastic a day if, if you're preparing your formula in a plastic bottle. So don't prepare it in plastic, uh, prepare it in something else, in glass or whatever, and, and switch it to a bottle. The, the that's, that's, I think, maybe where I'm, I've been most I don't have a, a child, and I'm, I'm not a child, and I'm not drinking baby formula. That's where I've been the most um, uh, on on the lookout here, is that there are ways that plastic breaks down more readily. So freezing as well, don't don't freeze plastic, which means don't buy frozen foods if you can avoid it. Um, just being generally more aware both of the ways that plastic surrounds us and, and ways that we could not buy it, but also ways that that plastic breaks down into microplastics, which is heating, freezing, largely, and out in the sun as well, which isn't necessarily an issue in the home. So that's what I've, I've just been more cognizant of is. So let's do what we can and try not to get too bogged down in the bummer of it all. Poor Matt. He kept apologizing during <laughs> the interview because he's like, there's just no good news in any of this. And that night after doing the interview, I woke up in the middle of the night trying to figure out, are these sheets all cotton? Or is it a poly blend? And what about my comforter? And oh my God, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't unknow, right? You can't. Well, it's just in the air you're breathing. So at this point, sometimes you feel like, well, why bother reducing the plastic that we have in our lives? But there is a reason. Yeah. Yes. Because if we don't, there's just going to continue to be more of it. It's just hard to unknow all of this stuff. It really and is. Yeah. I tell you one thing, it's kind of a nice bonus of it all. There is a positive side to this. There is? When, 
when I have, when I forget things, I can now just blame it on microplastics <laughs> being in my brain. <laughs> well, that was the microplastics talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So let's take some positive action. Put your great energy to work. Take just one GD action today to make the world a better place. Matt talks a lot about the need to start regulating these plastic manufacturers and staunch this free flow of plastic into our ecosystems. Staunch. Staunch the blood flow. <laughs> this is cauterize. a Right. Cauterize the thing. It, it is a crisis. Yeah. As it turns out, other countries are not only uh, producing less plastic than the U.S., but they've also more successfully legislated against plastic pollution. There's one great organization that I stumbled across called Plastic Pollution Coalition, and they collaborate with a huge alliance. It's huge. Huge. <laughs> of organizations, businesses, and individuals around the world to create a more just, equitable, sustainable world that's free of plastic pollution and all the toxic impacts that go along with it. Yeah, actually, I really liked what we learned about them. So, mm -hmm. you know, he urges us and I'm going to just underscore that we do need to get active in in giving to in some way or or whatever organizations like this because they're they know how to take action on our behalf. Well, in this particular organizations and organizations like them have if you go to the website there is typically like a take action button and right. they'll have petitions that you can sign. They have one uh, petition for the going to the EPA. They're trying to say, hey, we have to stop this with those laundry pods and those those dryer sheets that are loaded with plastic. Yeah. And guess what? That ends up in our water. Yep. And then the soil and everything else. It's just it's just not good. So I think one of the other things we really all need to do is educate ourselves. Because, you know, right. once you know this stuff, which we keep saying, you can't unknow it. But it also it's hard not to get outraged. And it's very motivating to to do whatever we can to stop the plastic plague. Ooh, and too bad there's not a vaccine against this. <laughs> right. That would be that would be helpful. Uh, there's some other great resources. Uh, PlasticOceans.org, Surfrider.org. So and our and our blog, of course, we've covered this topic in many ways, and there's lots of information there. Correct. Correct the mundo. All right. Let's wrap up this podcast and give everybody a break. I think I need ecotherapy now, Lynn. Well, the good news is our next episode is going to be about ecotherapy. So Yay. call in with your questions, your problems. We might just put you on the air. Uh, in addition to that, we also have an upcoming show on holiday stuff, uh, DIY gifts, reducing waste, other ways to have a more eco-friendly holiday. I'm just looking forward to the ecotherapy because, again, we yeah. all need that, especially after this episode. Yeah. And I'm, I might need it tomorrow. I don't think I can wait until the next episode. I think I'm kind of with you on that. Lynn is our 
social media diva. Tell us how people can find us. You can find us at The Green Divas on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on YouTube, of course. And we are new to TikTok. Please follow us there. I beg of you, please follow us there. We only have 35 followers right now. Actually, I think it's 30. I think it's 36 as of this morning. And I got to be honest with you. I think we're pretty clever. We've got some fun. We are very clever. We have fun. It's just we don't have a lot of followers because we just started and and we we need you. We we need need you to follow us. We'll be entertaining. We promise. But there on TikTok, we're official underscore Green Divas. It's a little different than the other handles that we have. And please, oh, please share our podcast with your friends, your family, even your enemies. They need it too. Everybody needs it. Thanks for listening. Find out more about this episode and search through over 900 podcasts and hundreds of useful articles on thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Don't forget to leave us glowing reviews on whatever platform you listen to us on. Ciao. Dokcha ke. Aloha. Aloha.